looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. Pop quiz, Lindsay. Can you tell me whose TikTok this is? I most certainly feel a presence here. More than one. Who's there? Oh. Oh. Michael, look. Oh. Why does that sound like Christian Slater? (laughs) It does. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It wasn't Christian Slater. It was Lance Bass. Oh, fuck. I I saw that. Shit. Lance Bass kind of sounds like Christian Slater. Yes, that was Lance Bass and his husband's birth announcement, which had a higher production value than like all of BB Rex's videos put together. (laughs) I'm sorry, did it not? At least the last one. At least the last one. They released a TikTok trailer called Two Buns in the Oven, which wasn't really a trailer. It was just the result of boredom and money. It's the ultimate misunderstanding of what makes a good TikTok very a la Jason Derulo, which assumes that if you put money the way that you would spend money on a normal video into Mm -hmm. a TikTok, it makes it better somehow when it really just makes it, people say, how much money did you spend on this TikTok? (laughs) Which is like (laughs) even funnier of a reaction, you know, even though what they're announcing is very sweet, like they're having twins, very sweet. It's a misunderstanding of the medium. This wouldn't feel strange if it were uploaded to YouTube, you know? Just make a normal video, right, act your age, you know? It's like, what is this, a quibby? I don't want to look at this in portrait. I want to see this in landscape. Honestly, when TikToks get too expensive looking, they're quibbies. That's that's a rule. That's a rule. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of Jason Derulo, did you, see, did you see the Instagram he posted of him holding baby Jason Derulo? He's smiling, his perfect Jason Derulo smile, and he's like, I'm a love dressing up Jason Jr. like me. And I was like, oh, no. He's going <laughs> to have a jeans. whole series of TikToks where, like, the baby just dresses like him. It's going to be a baby wearing ripped jeans when it's, like, three days old. Like, the baby will be wearing, like, the ripped jeans. That's all I can think of is a baby in ripped jeans, you know? You know that anecdote that I cut from the Monday podcast about my friend who lied about her first word all the time? Uh-huh. It was a full, fully a lie. Jason yeah. Derulo's baby's first word is absolutely going to be Jason Derulo, and that's not going to be a lie. No, not at all. This baby is either going to say Jason Derulo as its first words, and it's going to be on TikTok, or Jason Derulo Sr. is going to master the art of deepfakes and make this baby Truly. say Jason Derulo on TikTok in the next like six months. Master the art of deepfakes, as if it's <laughs> difficult now to do that. You could definitely easily make a baby say Jason Derulo. It used to cost, look who's talking, like $40 million to make the baby do anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, you literally can make a baby say Jason Jason Derulo, if you want, in like five seconds with like 25 different app options. Gen Z doesn't know how impressed we were with babe technology. Babe technology was shocking. Those animals were speaking. Right, like their little mouths would move. A pig? A duck? I know in Look Who's Talking, the baby didn't move its mouth. 
I know. I don't was just come to say, for me. I didn't want to say anything. I was like, don't, oh, don't. Who's talking? It's specifically not moving its mouth. But you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm maybe <laughs> the baby. Maybe I'm talking about like the baby from that commercial. That like, what's the baby from the commercial whose mouth moves? Those commercials are really famous. The progressive. E trade. I'm sorry. E trade. E trade baby. E trade baby. God. E trade baby. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Not progressive. E trade baby. Well, it's just funny because I can see so many people hanging up now or calling you back and saying, "Oh, you got it. Okay, sorry. Ignore my last call. Bye. Crunch crunch." If you had not corrected yourself about "Look who's talking," babies not moving their mouths when they talk. Do you know what our hotline would have looked like? The opening of "Look who's talking" is like millions of sperm like running oh. through an ovarian <laughs> yes, fallopian yes, tube. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. That is what it would have looked like Bruce Willis as a sperm racing to call me to tell me god that movie fucking rules you are listening to who's there a weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns and recap the opening credits of look who's talking movies but only the first one because the other ones are bad okay two is fine I don't like two and I okay. don't like three. Okay, well And that's that on that. Don't 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 deep fake that opinion into my baby <laughs> mouth, okay? <laughs> okay, here's future Bobby. I did a deep fake. God, I fucking hate look who's talking to. Hi Lindsay Bobby. Um you probably got a few calls about this from and I'm upset that I know the difference, but um James Arthur was the X Factor winner who dated Rita Ora. Um, he's also a noted homophobe, bad person. Um, and it was James Newman who entered Eurovision for us with the terrible song and deservedly came last. Um, they're different people. They do look very similar and they released exactly the same sounding music and have worked with lots of the same people and look the same like it's very like mid 2010s like 2014 to 2016 um lots of white straight british pop stars looked like this um during that time so um yeah not a criticism just a comment um love you guys good form bella thorne Not a criticism. What a relief. I was going to make a medley of all the calls because when I tell you there were many, there were many. No, but I loved this one and I loved this issue because I mixed up two people and and every British person was like, okay, you mix them up, but we understand. They do look alike. They do sound alike. They are maybe the same guy, but like they're not the same guy. It's fine. And then I felt better, you know, because I genuinely made a mistake. We started with James Arthur. We vetoed into Eurovision and James Newman. Newman. And then we went back to James Arthur <laughs> when we played the clip of him rapping, freestyling about Rita Ora, calling her... Like a penis or something? Rhyming penis with something. Yeah, happiness? I already forget. Penis no, with something it was and worse. Saying, like, no, I know, I know. Rhyming happiness with penis was better than this guy did. I already forgot his rap. His freestyle. But, you know, it is our job to be the point of clarity when it comes to confusing British Jameses. But as you pointed out here in the doc, there are so many hooey British Jameses. Well, I made a brief list of them, the ones that at least came up in the Daily Mail. And I did like a cursory search for like Jameses that were British that were talked about. So we have James Arthur, a.k.a. Rita's ex. A.k.a. the X Factor winner. Yes. Yes. And well, and Rita's ex. So it's like Rita's Rita's X Factor boyfriend. James Newman, the Eurovision guy. James Argent, who's Gemma Collins's ex, who comes up a lot. In we the, talk about him a lot, yeah. God, he comes up a lot in the Daily Mail. He's so annoying. This guy named James Norton, who's an actor who's dating Imogen Poots. Important. Okay. Mm-hmm. James Price from Love Island. Got it. And James Locke from TOWIE. The only way is Essex. Yeah. I should have quizzed okay. you, but yes, we have That's James Arthur, James, James Newman, James Argent, James Norton, James Price, and James Locke. You didn't need to quiz me. I will be upfront with you. I would have done terribly. Yeah. The only one I would have known is James Argent. Other Jameses that came up a lot, Lily James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lily James came a lot. And James Corden, who I decided didn't count in this list of Huey no. James. Yeah. But you know who my favorite Huey James is? We who don't is even your know his last name. Huey James. We don't even know his last name. We just know this. And you know what? I, what was that? Okay, James. <laughs> who is... Her producer, one of her producers. To this day, we don't know who James is. And I know a significant amount of producers on the Wendy Williams show. 
He might be British. We don't know. We just know that he goes by James. <laughs> James. James. He is the person Wendy Williams calls whenever the wrong zombie face is in her monitor. Oh, God. That zombie face. The scariest thing to ever happen on that show. James. Somehow. James. Hi, um, immigration lawyer calling in with a potential answer to the uh, Lottie Moss uh, tagging Joe Biden trying to get back in the country issue. So if she came to the U.S. on a tourist visa and her naughty nudes or scandalous pics or whatever she took were part of a job, that could be why she's not being allowed in. Um, she might have violated the terms of her visa by working in the U.S. when she was just here and supposed to be a tourist i.e. not being employed or doing work in the U.S. So it could be that she violated the terms of her tourist visa, and that's why she's not allowed back in, not necessarily for the content of the photos that were taken, although that is more exciting, obviously. So she really should be tagging probably DHS and uh, USCIS and ICE maybe, but that's probably not going to work either. So anyways, that's probably the deal. Um, and honestly, it's kind of nice to see some white people from the U.K. facing uh consequences of their immigration choices crunch crunch we got a lot of calls from attorneys saying this exact same thing my very thing is that when attorneys call the podcast you think you think oh i love to learn and i think oh if i ever need a lawyer i should like keep these numbers <laughs> every time i never am like i want to learn i'm always like oh god if i ever need a lawyer like this would be a great resource <laughs> we can just search on our google voice quote i'm an attorney and then just like have a fucking nice little Rolodex. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And then I just look through the logs and I'm like, ooh, this one's an immigration attorney. Ooh, this one's oh, we have an entertainment attorney. lawyer. Right. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, this one focuses on medical malpractice. Don't think you that. won't get a call from me one day. You know, when this podcast is way over, I'll be like <laughs> keeping these logs. I'm joking. I'm joking. The podcast will never be over and I'll be, just, you know, I'll still be calling. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my attorney if this podcast is ever over, Lindsay. <laughs> Uh, and it'll be one of these people. <laughs> yeah. This Justin, her is not on first anymore. She is now on an old Navy commercial singing Freedom by George Michael. Crunch, crunch. Her is not on first anymore. She's in an old Navy commercial. <laughs> want to hear Want to hear in? Have you seen is she commercial? actually in an old Navy commercial or, Lindsay, is she, yes. or is she releasing content that it appears that it should be an old Navy no, commercial? No, this is what I love about this. So in our culture, in our culture over the past couple of years, when you release like an embarrassing song or video, people make fun of it by saying it looks and sounds like an old Navy commercial and it's like a point of ridicule. But when you are actually in an old Navy commercial singing, people are like, yeah, good for you. Get that like spawn money. I mean, her is cleaning up. Like talk about putting away money for... F the future like this I can't believe her this girl is just out here like growing her 401k you know you have to respect it listen is the official anthem of summer is officially here and it's officially hers it's shredding cover of george michael's classic freedom let freedom riff sunglasses emoji get your americana looks at old navy and oldnavy.com so it's like they're you know they're usa stuff you know old navy is very into like july 4th aesthetic so i kind of mm -hmm. understand the freedom cover i do love that she's feeding the estate of george michael you know i don't know who gets mm -hmm. that money but she's definitely like giving them some of it you know mm -hmm. versus making up her own tune about like cap tees or whatever or like you know button up jeans I don't know or like or like terry cloth shorts I don't know like what they're selling this summer I'm just making up different types of styles button up jeans just reminds me when I was at your apartment over the weekend and sure. I was waiting for another one of our friends to get out of the bathroom and it was taking honestly forever and if you're listening to this you know who you are and whenever she came out of the bathroom she looks at me and goes my jeans are button up so sorry <laughs> I wore a jumpsuit and it had buttons all the way up the front. So every time I went to the bathroom, it was like a whole ordeal. And I forgot what that's like when you're, your full body is out when you're on the toilet. And you're like, this can't be the way. It's got to be a better way. But the truth is there's not this a better way. This can't be the way. No, there isn't. I just love, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs and then play it back to back with Old Navy just to show like the disparity. It's really funny. So this is one of my favorite her songs. Hold on. <laughs> 
And then let's contrast that with Old Navy, which is... She's like skipping around a fake neighborhood right. on a universal back lot in an old navy shirt. She's also it's so like funny. up twelve octaves and like sped up times two. You know, like it's a different it's not her vibe, but she sounds great, right? Like that's great. God, who else did the Elton John tribute? I already forget. It was definitely three artists, and he was like right there on stage and they kept like singing to him, you know? And Demi so did um fuck demi did a song that was like so demi you could tell that they were like this is my anthem and it was i'm still standing and it was like oh wow demi like yes that is <laughs> let's hear them sing Not what I would have picked for them, but whatever. God, imagine being locked down for a year and a half and dying to go to like a live event. And the one you get a ticket to is the iHeartRadio Music Awards 2021. And you have I to mean, watch Demi Lovato sing I'm Still Standing. Okay. I mean, I guess you, I'll take it. You say that sarcastically, but it was a great... I mean, I watched, watched a lot of those performances and they were fantastic. So I would be okay with it. If I was Elton John, maybe not so much. Who, and who else? Look in the description. Who else was singing it? Demi, her, and who else? Oh, Brandy Carlisle. Who cares? Okay, continuing. Sorry, I got that right. Brandy Carlisle is the most who cares artist of all time. <laughs> we have Grammys artists, we have who cares artists. Brandy Carlisle is a little bit of both, actually. I love Brandy Carlisle. Do I always mix her up with the Go Go's girl though? But I, they're totally mm, Bra- different. Belinda Carlisle, me too. Yeah, and me I too. never checked to see if they were different for many, many years, and I don't think anyone me really too. has. But she's, me too. they're very different. <laughs> so that's what's so like amazing about it. I don't it. think anyone really has. I yeah. don't think anyone really has. Okay. I love Brandy next Carlisle. Call. Hi, Andy Bobby. Um, so I was just trying to make this call and I accidentally FaceTimed the phone number. I hope that that was not detectable by you guys, but if it was, I'm so sorry. Anyway, Lil Uzi Vert removed the $24 million diamond in his forehead, and I just wanted to make sure you knew. Um, okay, crunch, crunch. The diamond is gone. End of an era. The diamond is gone. Well, I, it almost feels like a stunt. I'm I'm sus now with that it was a stunt and if it was it was a great stunt because like wow and then he's now dating JT I'm still like oh him and JT are like a perfect couple I feel like it's a JT situation where JT's like I can't look at this anymore I'm really sorry (laughs) like I I I can't look at this have you heard the new City Girl song Twerculator it's so good Twerculator. It's so good anyways yeah but my question too was like what happened to the diamond the stone is gone, and according to page six, God, what a great write-up. Earlier this week, Vert posted photos and videos on his Instagram stories with his girlfriend, City Girls rapper JT, with the pink stone conspicuously MIA. Page six calling Lil Uzi Vert Vert. <laughs> because it's like professional. <laughs> like, that's how journalism works is really funny. Because his last name isn't Vert. <laughs> like, that's not what, that's not how, like, names work. <laughs> Earlier this week. Lucy Vert's last Vert. name is not Vert. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's Woods, if anything, but like, it'd be confusing. <laughs> Do you think JT was like, can I have the stone? Just give me the stone. <laughs> can I put this in a necklace, please? <laughs> See, if she showed up with like a necklace with the stone. That's a good narrative. Fuck, that would be amazing. And she'd be like, yeah, like Pussy Whipped took his, took his face stone out and gave it to me. <laughs> like, that's so good well what was the story whenever he got it and people were like why didn't you turn this into a ring or a necklace and he was like because i'll lose it right he's like if it's in my head it stays there did you see the funny screen cap that people were posting in the replies were like i guess thanos like took the rock out like they gave the <laughs> whatever i don't yeah marvel isn't i really... like kind of got it i was like uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay <laughs> I know there's something called like infinity stones, but I don't know what they do. I think somebody had a, Thanos had a stone in his head or something. Don't call. Don't call. <laughs> God, like mentioning Marvel just don't grinds a conversation to a halt. Call. Okay. Remember in um, Marvel, um, <laughs> I feel like there's like Meg Stalter intonation here. Like, yeah, like the Thanos comes in and he's like yeah and there's a stones and <laughs> okay why well, your Meg Stalter impression needs work I just watched one of her videos it was funny she did a fake pride campaign video for like a butter company Stop. Oh my God, it's so funny great part of hacks last comment she's so good in hacks 
Hey guys, uh, thought you might want to know that BB Rexa is headlining the Philadelphia Welcome America 4th of July concert sponsored by Wawa. Seems, uh, seems pretty hooey to me. Crunch, crunch. BB of Easttown, baby. Here comes the sequel. <laughs> Did Siobhan set up this lineup? Like, who set up this lineup? Wow, Did you're disdain for Siobhan. Somebody tweeted the other day that the actress that plays Siobhan is the same girl who was in the Ashley O episode of Black Mirror. She plays the Ashley O stan. I was going to mention that, but we cut the segment last week about the uh, Siobhan character because I was like, I can't do Merrigan. <laughs> Between Siobhan a.k.a. Mare's gay daughter and the Ashley O. Stan, this girl is like a queer canon now, you know? Because On a Roll is like, you know, one of the most important pop songs of this century. The, the, the 2021, 2021 concert... concert- will be ticketed jinx it will still be free to the public those wishing to attend the co- attend the concert can win tickets through a drawing developed by wawa welcome america <laughs> i guess we're going <laughs> i mean bb rexa and Flowrida fresh off eurovision seems like it'd be an iconic he's gonna show. sing adrenalina or maybe bb will sing it and Flo will do the that would verse. be amazing you know what else would be amazing? What? Driving to Philadelphia to see BB Rexa sing at the Wawa for the July concert. And then going to Bucks County to see Candace Bush one woman show. I'm like touching my lip, like thinking. Like, mm, can we make this work? <laughs> Do you get like a free Wawa hoagie if you like see BB Rexa? Is everyone in the audience going to be like crunching down on some hoagies while she sings? We need to call, like, Zoe Saldana and, like, make this crossroads, too. <laughs> She'd but, like, do it. instead of, like, going to visit your, like, long-lost parent, you're, like, mm-hmm. going to BB Rex's Wawa-sponsored 4th of July Which, show. in a sense, in the internet sense, that's a few parents happening there. BB Rex, Florida, and Candace Bushnell, so. <laughs> few parents. <laughs> mom! Mom! Dad! <laughs> okay, let's move on to questions. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. But it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone it'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you you got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I am so tired. And Twitter Moments is being Twitter Moments and only showing me people reacting instead of what actually happened. So can you please tell me what's going on with Ellie Kemper? And is it even worth knowing? Okay. Crunch, crunch, Tim Tebow lesbian, Godspeed, Bella Hadid. It's actually very worth knowing, I would say. Because sometimes trending topics can be extremely not worth knowing. Like, let's just take a look at the current trending topics and tell me, are they worth knowing or not? I'll tell you. Okay. The iCarly revival trailer is here and fans are living for its grown-up edge. I'm sorry, I watched that trailer. If you think that that's grown-up, like, I don't know. Like, watch Mare of Easttown and tell me that iCarly seems grown-up, okay? Okay. Woody Harrelson's dad killed a U.S. district judge 42 years ago in Texas. It remains the crime of the century. Everyone knows that. Move on. 
Mm-hmm. Man returns Bob Dylan album to library hyphen 48 years overdue. Okay, no, we can't have another, no, we can't have another like viral old, no, old person story, no. And then we have two just single celebrity name trends. One is Ricky Martin and the other okay. is Hugh Jackman. Okay, moving on. Yeah, no, none, of this, none of this I'm but clicking on. You're right. Earlier this week, one of the trending topics was, I didn't see this, but a friend was telling me that the trending topic was literally Ellie Kemper is in the KKK. Oh. Not just Ellie Kemper, but fully Ellie Kemper is in the KKK. Bad. Fact check. She's not and never has been, but she was part of a extremely racist organization in her hometown of St. Louis, where she grew up as one of the wealthiest people in the Midwest. And it, it honestly, it drew out all of the like local historians to kind of like try to like put into context without de-escalating the fact that yes, Ellie Kemper is from a very rich St. Louis family. And yes, Ellie Kemper did participate in this like beauty pageant that has like super racist origins. But Ellie Kemper is not in the KKK, nor does this organization have anything to do with the KKK. They just Mm -hmm. wore these weird uh, robes that like made everybody uncomfortable, you know, that's like... That were obviously inspired by Klansman robes. There's this great uh, kind of thread that went ar- that was written by Sarah Moldavsky at Moldy Museum ED, and she was like, you know, it was called the Veiled Prophet. It's changed mm-hmm. names a few times. It's like this group, this it basically society group in St. Louis. She said, so the Veiled Prophet is a major institution in St. Louis rooted deeply in a troubling past. To call it a KKK princess isn't wrong, but also not right. So it's like. I think she's basically like, I'm not trying to downplay the fact that this is like the weirdest institution and like very old and like pretty racist, but it's not the KKK. So I don't know how to, is that, that's pretty much what people were trying to say. It's like, oh, okay, Ellie Kepper was queen of another racist ball. But at this point, we're just like splitting racist hairs. Right. I feel like we didn't even say what it was. It was like when Ellie Kemper was whatever, however many years old. She was fully a student at Princeton, like she knew better, which I think makes this. Right. It's like she left town to go to Princeton and then came back and was like. And then came back, which is one of the weirdest parts about it. Yeah, right. Yes, Ellie Kemper has not spoken up about this yet. And I think she's probably going to, though I I guess I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't. But I think it's reaching a point where like her name is so fucked up now. Like her name is so toxic now and everyone's literally calling her a racist. Like she needs to I think she, she needs should, to say I, something. I think she's gonna say something because if anything it's like it's She's there, definitely rich enough to hire crisis PR, if you know what I mean. So Well there's also like a lot of misinformation that she could clear up. Like she might say, you know, hey, like I don't love that my family was involved with this organization that clearly has racist roots, but I'm not in the KKK, you know, like Mm -hmm. that would actually be a very maybe helpful thing to say. Or just say, I'm sorry that I participated in this when I was an adult. This is a really shameful part of my past. I'm very embarrassed that I did this. And the fact that she's not saying that, I think makes her look worse. Right. What's really interesting about this is that this isn't like someone, you know, dug up this photo like it was the Jumanji box and and the beach no, somewhere. Been, you know, like this, is a these thing. have been out for years. Right. These photos have been out for years. It's been public knowledge that Ellie Kemper came from an extremely, 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 extremely wealthy family from the Midwest. Like even the photo of her at, as the veiled prophet queen has been part of public record for years and years and years. And yet because of this thread, it just shows the power of the viral tweet that was something like I think the viral tweet that did it was I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote it to paraphrase it it was that like it's Twitter language it's like so we're just not gonna talk about the fact that like Ellie Kemper was the queen of some racist ball in St. Louis and when she was 19 years old and then people are like hold on a minute is this true or not because when you see a tweet you have to be like is this true or not and when you look into it you very quickly find out that it's true but also like there's nuance there literally that's why we have Twitter threads that are uh, you know throughout our land it's like because you literally can't explain something in that few characters. So apparently this like ball was held in St. Louis for all these wealthy people. And it was super segregated, of course. And in the late 60s and early 70s, there were these like activist groups, uh, including Percy Green. And they demonstrated outside of the ball and even got into the ball and like crashed the ball, which is like fascinating to me. They were like, your ball is racist. This is fucked up. They didn't let Jews in. They didn't let black people in. Like They crowned their own veiled prophet prophet queen who instead of being called the queen of love and beauty they crowned a queen of 
of human justice. And so mm-hmm. literally, and then that three women, three white women got into the ball and one of them lowered herself down from a balcony by a cable a and ran on stage <laughs> to unmask the veiled prophet. And it was the CEO of Montesanto. Of Monsanto. Of Monsanto. And what's so crazy is that everyone, like the, the powers that be, kept it secret. So did you read that article that said like none of the newspapers in St. Louis named names even though everyone knew and they made it seem like no one knew who it was but it's like everyone knew it was a CEO of Monsanto. She has not said anything. The group has said something. They and what's really weird is that the group sent uh, a statement to the Sun, the British press. It's very weird that as of right now, when are we recording? Thursday, June Yeah, 3rd, why did they send it to the this Sun? This is the only statement that I've seen. Do you think the Sun was the only outlet that reached out directly to them? Like, maybe no one else did. Maybe. The Sun wrote, the group exclusively told the Sun, quote, we absolutely reject racism and have never partnered or associated with any organization that harbors these beliefs. Mm-hmm. They're basically like, we mm-hmm. give a ton of money to charity. We love our city. We're like local, you know, freaking martyrs, whatever, whatever. Yeah, well, they love to say like, well, back, you know, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, we changed. But it's like, yeah, but your origins are still really fucked up. And right. I think that's a thing that like is becoming less and less excusable at this point where it's like, OK, so you you took a pivot. Right. You're like you're literally a sec- a racist secret society that like only let in white people. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. And you right. don't really need to exist anymore. And you should really stop pretending like you didn't originate with these like terrible intentions and terrible mm-hmm. rules. Mm-hmm. It seems like the kind of thing that could have a very easily drafted notes app apology right yeah yeah it could have a very succinct like hey this is fucked up i i regret being involved do you think it's because she's really not doing anything like she's kind of been like ever since the last kimmy schmidt she's kind of just chilling like i think she had a kid she's kind of just chilling but what's so weird is that like I maybe that maybe they're trying to avoid the Streisand effect, but the thing is, like, this isn't going away. Too late, though. It's too late to avoid the Streisand effect. It's the number one story on like the Atlantic. That old, there's an old story, years old story about like the racist origins of St. Louis's veiled prophet, like society, like, and it's the number one story on the cut. Not only is it buzzy because it's talking about Ellie Kemper, it's literally it's this bigger, deeper history of St. Louis, and that's an amazing opening for any type of journalist or any type of historian to like really dig in and like show you know and, and tell the story of how this place, this uh, group came to be. So it's like, yeah, it couldn't be a more a juicier story for somebody like The Atlantic. It's honestly like I'm not surprised. Yeah, and we, like, live in the era of open secrets finally becoming, like, openly reprehensible. Like, this has been sort of an open secret. Anyways, I do think she'll say something, and maybe she'll say something by the by the time this comes out tomorrow. By the time this comes out, she may have already said something. But, um, yeah, surprising that she hasn't yet. But Ellie Kemper is a who, though, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, right? that's, that's, that's the only... That's why we're talking about That's her. the only she's thing She's definitely I, a who. Yeah, yes. That's what I can't... I, we can't deny that. Do you think her, her team is like, she's a who, we don't need to say anything. And then it's like, no, she's a who. That's exactly why we need to say something. I mean, literally, if you're like Ellie Kemper, it's like Kimmy Schmidt. Like, that's literally the only... The girl from The Office? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty clear. But also, I feel like if you are the type of person who participates in this sort of ritual, like, you are also the exact type of person who com- is completely oblivious to the fact that it is harmful and bad. You know, like, people who don't understand institutional racism and people who participate in the Veil Profit Ball, like, that Venn diagram, that's a circle. You're right. But you would hope somebody who is older than 19 has been living in L.A. for the past God knows how many years maybe has a little bit more perspective than they did then. Like, my God, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not like night. She's like old now. You know, she's older now. So, no, she wasn't a member of the KKK. But yes, she was a member of something extremely racist. Oh, my God. So I was just on TikTok and I saw that. Kanye is rumored to be dating Irina Shake, and I was like, oh my god, why do I not know that name? And I remember you guys talking about how she is Bradley's baby mama. I have so many questions. Is this true? Is this real? Do Are Bradley Cooper and Kanye, like, friends? Like, do they know each other? Extremely dummy question, but had to ask. Sorry to this man. Crunch, crunch. I'm sorry, you are not hitting the point of this call. <laughs> I'm sorry, Incredible you're, you're asking if Irina Shake is dating Kanye, but your question is, do Brad Cooper and Kanye know each other? I'm going to ignore that as a question, because, like, who the <laughs> fuck cares? Right? I mean, this who cares is, if oh, they know absolute, each other? <laughs> absolutely. That is an unreal way to... That unreal! Is like, um, it's like seeing a strip mall on fire, but then noticing, like, a Duncan behind the ashes and saying, like, hmm, I wonder if they have the Charlie drink. <laughs> 
<laughs> like truly, like truly. Also, when this rumor came up, I just wanted to know like the origin of the rumor and because it felt it feels random until you dig in a little and you're like, OK, I can see how there are like, quote unquote, signs here. I mean, first of all, this, of course, came from Demois. So it came from these very unverified sources saying, oh, Kanye and Arena Shaker are dating. So you can't really take that for word. I will say that I have noticed in the past month or so that Arena Shake has been doing these really funny like fashion doing, New like, York City walks. pop yeah. walks with her daughter. Have you noticed? And she'll wear like a full look. And I get that she's a model. So like, yes, a full look is not much for a model. But literally like like she's on a runway and she'll be wearing like the most like crazy two-piece Versace, you know, these these very specific looks. Uh, it's it's hard to tell whether this is a factor of Irina Shayk wanting more attention. Irina Shayk is in dire need of attention right now. Or I mean, someone, whether yeah. it's literally a factor of Kanye. But I, I'm sorry. I, you see celebrities, you see certain photos, you see the way they're shot, and you see like what the person's wearing, you see like the daytime, you see the location, and these are very specific photos. I mean, and she was doing, she did like a full week of looks, you know, like every day mm-hmm. with like her daughter matching and stuff. She's out here. Something is going on. And so it's weird because in my, in my, I sent these to you guys and I was like, is Irina Shake like, what's she doing? You know? And it turns out she's allegedly dating Kanye Right. West. Like, if that's the reveal, then that's fascinating because I did say something's up. Another thing that's fascinating is that this came from Dumois. I mean. This is fully, this is a you Dumois You have to take impact. that with a grain of salt. You have to take that with an avalanche of salt, Wait, you know? It says, in a report, gossip site Dumois wrote, Kanye West is now secretly dating Irina Shayk, a.k.a. Bradley Cooper's baby mama. Later, the publication, also calling Dumois a publication is really funny. Later, the publication added... Quote, after further looking into this, I don't know if dating is the right word, but there is perhaps some interest there, which is that's the most irritating comment I've ever heard. Well, also, however you feel about Demois, even when they link to Demois, you don't see the origin of the rumor. So it's really exactly. hard to say, oh, it was seen on Demois because it was seen in a disappearing story. And unless you have a screenshot, which like, again, is not really like a something you can really link to it's like this this rumor this confirmation this whatever from this this publication this site or whatever they're calling it is essentially moot because you don't have the i just you know i find it very difficult for people to be reporting off a disappearing instagram story you know right exactly like you can't really call something a publication or journalism like i don't want to say that demois is worthless or that demois is like this net bad but to refer that it doesn't have a legitimate source when it's yeah right like even even the most unreliable sources at least have some sort of permanence right like that's one of the things about journalism right there's permanence it's always there and if you remove something or if you retract something that is there's a big deal you know it's invisible ink. You can't report on invisible ink. I just don't think you should be allowed to report off of a disappearing Instagram story. Because at least like when people reported off our Patreon episode phone call, at least you could go back if you had access. At least there's an audio of the person calling and saying Rita Ora and Taika Waititi spotted kissing at the club. Like, you know, we're an unconventional source to, re- to be reporting out tabloid information. But at least there's like something to link to. Like you can go and hear mm-hmm. it. This is yeah. just so difficult for me because it almost feels like you can say whatever you want because of a disappearing Instagram story that will never be seen again. It's not archived. It's not anything. I wish that they archived, you know, like that mm-hmm. would that would actually make more sense. But I also understand why they don't archive because that gets yeah. them out of a lot could, of problems. Yeah. Or I wish you could enable archiving, you know, like certain accounts could just turn on archives as this permanent thing. But, you know, what do I know about tech? I hope somebody is archiving all of Demois. I mean, like kind of shadily as like their own private project because you totally could. Someone definitely is. Right? Someone definitely is. Having said that, do I believe that it's possible Irina Shaik and Kanye West are dating? Yes. (laughs) Well, so the other connection is that she was in the Power video way back in the day. What is that? Ten years old at this point. She was Nine in Kanye West point. Power, so they met right before she met, he met Kim. So she also walked for Yeezy's Paris fashion yeah. show. Yeah. So they know each other. Irina Shayk and yes, that's true. Kanye West know each other. Yeah. But the question is, are they dating? And the yeah. answer is, mm-hmm. uh huh. <laughs> but the thing about mm is that it's not a no. But the thing is, is like I feel like my evidence or my suspicion via all of her pap walks or pop walks—I've been calling them different things. I didn't realize, but uh, 
I feel like my suspicion is as good and useful as some of this evidence. It's like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, interesting. She was wearing his like Balenciaga line shirt and like a full outfit. You know, like she's doing, it's very reminiscent of Kim. He loves to dress women up, you know, and make them like wear his fashion on them. Or wear what he wants them to wear. Right. We know that. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Rina Sawayama is going to be in the new John Wick 4. And my question is, how are they how are they making a fourth John Wick? I didn't even know there were more than two. Um, but whatever, I guess women do belong in John Wick. Crunch crunch five. It's crazy to me that we've never talked about Rina Sawayama before, like at length, because we get calls about her all the time. But the calls are always like, her music's good, she's cool. But like the conversation would just be, yeah, her music's good and she's cool. But now there's an incredible peg. The only thing that'd be worthy of Who Weekly talking about Rina Sawayama, aside from saying we love her music, it's good, which is all very true, is the whole thing with the Mercury Prize. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Which was like, basically, she wasn't nominated because she doesn't hold British British citizenship, even though she's lived in England oh, for like yeah. and Elton John was like, let her 10 in. years. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then they made a song together. So it was like nice because he stood up for her. And then like, you know, Elton John loves like new artists and so they made a song mm-hmm. together but that was the only kind of thing that maybe we could have talked about but like honestly I guess wasn't... coming out kind of but even yeah. coming out whatever. but there wasn't right you're right like she's always been like there's no like drama or like she's always just been really good whenever Rita Ora stole her style we talked right. about Rina Sawayama then <laughs> right 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 we did you're right we did I think she's a broad hoop even in the music world there's a twigs or like oh saint vincenti no there's like a critical where it's like she's critically beloved of her jesse Ware, i would say is like in her vibe even like a little bit of charlie xcx like just like critically loved pop music that is like pitchfork worthy you know and and obviously should win the mercury prize like stuff like that i think charlie's won the mercury prize i was because you put it in here i guess one of her biggest songs is cherry which is a few years old oh, at this love point that song and the video is amazing but like this is a three-year-old video it only has two million views like come on right Come on, like Olivia Rodrigo could fart out two million views like okay, tomorrow. But like, you know what I mean? Different, different strokes. Uh, but okay, but here's my angle on this casting. Right, first of all, did not know she acted, but I think mm-hmm. that that's like literally why she might be successful, is because she's such a who in the mainstream. You know, this like acting thing in this big movie won't seem weird will not seem weird and if anything like nobody will focus that she's a singer too like and that is perfect like there's no distraction she's obviously good she obviously auditioned like a normal person because i don't think she was hired from clout like i think she auditioned and was good that's it seems like that's the case here right yeah. maybe it helped her get in the door for an audition but i don't think that this got her the job is that she's like this pop singer that is like critically loved but not very popular right mm-hmm. like they don't care about that necessarily so i think that this is like why this is such a good pick and why she might really launch an acting career off of this if she wanted mm-hmm. a big one she's acted in that what was the, the i just we were just talking about a good Turn up, Charlie. Turn up, Charlie. The What's Idris that? Elba, where Idris Elba's a DJ. I don't know. She's been in a couple episodes of that. Okay. It was a Netflix show. So, okay. like, she's acted before, but not a whole lot. And so this is, like, her big acting break. And it's huge because it's John Wick 4. And these movies I are mean, huge. All of them are huge. Is she playing his daughter? She must be playing his daughter or something. Like, someone. He doesn't have a daughter. Are you sure? She could be a villain. Remember okay. when Ruby Rose was in a John Wick movie? She's a villain. Like, she could easily be a villain. She sure. could easily be, like, his partner. Like, uh, Holly Berry was in one, and that was a big deal. Like, Ruby Rose. You, you never know. We won't know until it comes out. But the point is, it's very high profile, and she got a lot of headlines for this. Yeah, because I think it was, like, unexpected, but in a great way. Everyone's like, oh, she's going to kill. You know, it wasn't even, like, a groan. It was like, this girl is clearly a triple threat. You know? It, this girl has clearly got it. And I think mm-hmm. because of her being a little bit under the radar, that she has more chance than anyone to turn yeah. this 
into something. She's not just like Britney Spears and Crossroads. It's like that everybody like <laughs> saw Crossroads again. But do you know what I mean like everyone saw Crossroads and was like, "Woo, Britney Spears and Crossroads." Like this is not mm-hmm. maybe this Rena can actually play a role. She can actually act and be taken seriously. I suspect she can. She like her and her videos remind me of again to mention Twigs again where they're just like very artful. Yeah. Very like performance based and acting seems like an obvious step for her. Here's a really quick quiz. Something yeah. that really bums me out is that in the newest version of Spotify, they put the, <laughs> the stream streams. Counts, I hate like, when you right do these. There. I don't like right when you there. do these quizzes. Yeah, I don't like this. Quiz this is already. a really. This is just really easy. How many streams? Really blah blah blah. No, it's yeah. not a number. Not a number. Okay. Not a number. But who has more monthly listeners? BB Rexa or Rina Sawayama? BB Rexa. Yes. For sure, because Meant to Be was a number one. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I and unfortunately, yeah, and like I don't think Rina's had a number one like that. And like BB Rexa has 27 million monthly listeners. Rena Sawayama has 2 million monthly listeners. But also, BB's playing the Wawa 4th of July party, and Rena's in a John Wick movie. So clearly, you have different paths, you know, as different types of artists. So different levels of who? Yeah. You know, mind you, both things I respect. Absolutely. Playing the Wawa 4th of July, starring in John Wick, to me, those are both lucrative. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also, practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm-hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Hey, Who Weekly. I just wanted to call and share some very exciting black nepotism news. Um, Sky Townsend, she is on this season of a black lady sketch show and she's really funny and cute is actually the daughter of Robert Townsend, who is like an iconic black filmmaker. He made classics like The Five Heartbeats and Bats and Carmen, a hip opera with Beyonce. Um, so just needed someone to share that with. Um, mean green. Nepotism alert. Uh, excuse me, caller forgot to mention Meteor Man. <laughs> which Robert is Townsend has done it. so much shit. Like He's run the gamut. And honestly, Ca- Carmen a Hip Hopera is one of my favorites. He was one of those guys in the 90s. He wrote and directed and starred in Meteor Man, which was a flop. I feel like it was a box office flop, but also I feel like everyone I knew owned that on VHS. Because I, know. I definitely owned that on VHS when I watched it all the time, even though it was a bad movie. It's like... um. It's like Super Mario, like very like millennial childhood movies that were very, very, like what, what was the Whoopi Goldberg one where it's like Theodore Rex? I mean, half of those movies that came out when we were little didn't do well, but then kids who were 13 VHS. at the time are like, Tapes. that's my favorite movie of all time, you know? Exactly. They had their biz- biggest successes on like VHS and, you know, NBC in the morning on a Saturday. Right. Like how many times did I watch BAPS simply because it was on Comedy Central? 
like six times a day for my entire junior high experience directed by Sky's father, but back to Sky. She is nepotism, and now she is on Black Lady Sketch Show, which is, God, we always talk about HBO on this podcast, but yet another HBO smash. It took a second. <laughs> it's like Robin Thede and Quinta Brunson. Remember Quinta Brunson? Who did BuzzFeed videos. Which is iconic because she successfully parlayed um, She's the only BuzzFeed one. videos into actual television stars. Is she not the only one? I think BuzzFeed people have become successful, but she's fully like a TV woman. Yes. Now. She like just she... sold the show to like NBC right. or something like a network. She has like Issa Rae, like Issa Rae went from like a web show to you know a broad city oh, like YouTube. she youtube yeah. youtube to tv is like such this this rare jump you know um but mm-hmm. she did it from buzzfeed video even you know which is surprising more surprising than youtube to tv i think buzzfeed to tv is like a true right a true flex right but anyway sky is now on the second season of black lady sketch show and she's absolutely killing it it is hilarious and she can sing she's a truly a triple threat i didn't know about her until when I was Googling around, I realized that I did know about her and I had seen many videos of her because she has this like iconic viral impression of Beyonce that she's been doing for a long time. And these videos were everywhere and still and remain honestly everywhere. She it probably does the best like a sense memory. In me. yeah, she probably does the best impression of Beyonce I've ever seen in my whole life. And you have to play it. When you sent me the Beyonce impression last night, I was like, oh my God, right? that's why I really recognize her. Those were so iconic. Right. It like gives you shivers. It's so funny. And, and also, you know, Beyonce seen them not because they went viral, but because literally her father is Robert Townsend and like Beyonce worked with him. I was very hesitant to drop partition because so many people have never been in a limo. Would they get it? I will never forget when Blue met the president. Obama said, hi, Blue. She said, ga, ga, in a falsetto. I will never forget the first time I fired somebody in Destiny's Child. She said she sang lead. I said, bitch, what? So many people have never been in a limo. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And it's not just even the impression, it's the topic. It's like, it's the writing of the impression, too, that is so good. I just love that she's also like a singer as well. So she did this sketch on Black Lady Sketch Show this season because she wasn't in the first season. It involves her singing. She has to pretend to be this like realistic musical star while also being funny, which I feel like is yeah, it's extremely very, rare. It's very Haley Bennett in so- a Song and li- Music and Lyrics. Exactly. But the song in and of itself is actually very convincing as a real song. It's like very um, Victoria Monet or something. And it's on Spotify. Like they put it on Spotify even though it's a joke. Every time I step, I walk. Every time I speak, I talk. Every time I listen, I like good nepotism like this wow good nepotism when we stand their work and it's a surprise i mean it's like the dakota johnson of it all you know did you see speaking of nepotism you see jamie fox's daughter like has her own show now like he's really trying to like do something with his daughter there is a lot going on there i keep seeing press about jamie fox and his daughter I'm like, all right, we get it. Isn't he in a show with her that's like, my daughter's embarrassing me or something? It's called Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me. Right, it it is. It is. Dad, stop embarrassing me. And it's like the ultimate meta meta show where it's like Jamie Foxx playing Jamie Foxx, but not also the daughter playing his daughter, but not, you know. and and, Which he's done before. Right, right, (laughs) truly. Which he's literally done before. The other person that they cast in this, because now all these shows have to cast like a vintage person, like Who? an iconic vintage Who? person. Jack Hayes in this. Perfect. No one is more familiar with the sitcom setup. She probably hits all her marks before they're even written, you know? Do we want to move on to a more annoying nepotism or do we want to skip this nepotism? Um, I want to skip this nepotism and I want to go right to Who Thems because we haven't done the Who Thems in a while. Yeah. I remember when Blue spent her first $1,000. I said, how does it feel? She said, I will never forget that. Hi, uh, first time, long time. I would like to know, is the International Space Station a who or a them? Uh, good form, Bella Thorne. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think the reason this person is calling is because the International Space Station just got like hit with space junk or something. 
and like got really hurt, like injured, injured, uh, hurt, damaged. What well, I can't think of right words. I damaged. Hate finding out about real news from this shit. Like when somebody called and was like, "Is the space junk that's coming for Earth the meteor that's gonna like hit us? Is that a who are them?" And then like it turned out that the person had called days ago and it didn't hit us. I thought that was local. I thought that was like news, and the the meteor was still approaching. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I hate getting my news from this podcast from the call. <laughs> But the International Space Station, yeah. which has been up in the air or in space yeah, since, what, the 90s? Probably. Totally, yeah, I guess. They just leave it up there, right? It's like a bus stop. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it opened in 1988. God, using using words, using earthly words to describe things that are floating in space. Like, I don't know. It well, once opened you, in... Once you put something up there, it's not like it goes anywhere, you know? You have to well, kind Lindsay, of... see, we just learned sometimes the things fall. And there's so much space junk up in space now that it's going to knock it out of orbit. And then the space station is going to fall right on my face. Like, at some point, the space station is going to fall right into Earth. It would be iconic, though, if you were crushed by the International Space Station. If anything, come on, if anything had to happen. Which means that it's a them. Yeah, no, I know. It is definitely a them. I was getting there. Okay. (laughs) I think they're going to decommission it soon. Then what happens to it? They let it float away? it just sits there. No, I think it just sits there. See, that's the thing that I don't like about this. It's like... You can it, it, decommission it. Okay, bye. You know what is this, Wally? <laughs> no, Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Mm, yeah. Have you seen Wally? This is Clearly Wally. Not for a while. They might keep it to uh, twenty thirty. Uh, was there news recently that like we're going to Venus or something? Did you Google that? Venus. We're going to Venus. I think you were just listening to art pop. Well, no. <laughs> no. Okay. I saw this news in my head. I heard Venus. Like it's sick. It's a sickness. <laughs> Oh, here we go. 19 hours ago, Axios. Ugh, why am I on Axios? NASA is going back to Venus. Thank you. I knew I saw that. <laughs> why it's happening. The agency announced Wednesday it plans to launch both the Da Vinci Plus and Veritas missions to Venus between 2028 and 2030 to coincide with the 25th anniversary of Art Pop. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. medium time my friends gen z girlfriend might not know who cedric the entertainer is could you rank the kings of comedy from who to them crunch crunch women do belong at the men in music business conference how would you not know who cedric the entertainer is it's literally in his name he's cedric the entertainer it's very clear (laughs) it's very clear who cedric the entertainer is and has been for some time Okay, the kings of comedy are Cedric the Entertainer, yeah, Steve Harvey, uh-huh. D.L. Hughley, uh-huh. and Bernie Mac. R.I.P. Okay. Are we going from who to them? Who to them. Okay. I know it, but let me see what you think. D.L. Hughley is the whoiest. Absolutely. Then yep. I would say Cedric. Then I would say yep. Bernie Mac because when he died, it was just like such a big... In death, he became even them here. Even them here. But to, but to be die, fair, yeah. I the think he was... come and you realize their impact, yeah. But I also think he was them here in life too, to be... I mean, yeah. he was in... And also he's... the Bernie Mac show was a bigger show than like the, yes. the Hughleys, you know? Right. And Steve Harvey, number one. I mean, Steve Harvey, he's everywhere. He literally never stops. And all of them, I think, are thems. Uh, but the ranking, yeah. What does DL stand for? Do we know? Is that a thing? Can you guess? Yeah, like... Doug Lewis or something? No, like like Daniel Lee or something? Daryl Lynn. Oh, okay. That's pretty. Daryl Lynn Hughley. I see why it's DL. DL's very catchy. I was always partial to the queens of comedy myself. <laughs> of course. I'm shocked you find women comedians funnier. I'm shocked. Mm, a little funnier, a little funnier. Shock me again with that typical behavior. Although no offense, but a commentary about misogyny in this country, uh, they are, most of them are who's. Really? The queens of comedy are mostly who's? I would say the only them in the queens of comedy is Monique. Who is it? It's Monique. It's Adele Givens. It's uh, Laura Hayes. And it's some more. Oh, are you kidding? Yes. The only, the only them is Monique. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did any of those women get their own show like this? I mean, like every person in this list got basically his own show. Monique, Monique was like, had the Parkers, I guess. But like Monique right. had more. Monique has an Oscar. But Monique has comedy specials called Monique. I more mean like, you know, did you get like something with your name on it like that? Yeah. Yeah. There's no like the Hughley's equivalent for any of them. Because I know that like Laura Hayes and Adele Gibbons have been on a billion television shows, but nothing like called the Laura Hayes show or like the Adele Given show or whatever. Hey, Who Weekly. 
is Casey Wilson a who or a them? Uh, she. Is... I don't need twenty nine more seconds of this. Um, <laughs> is, is, is Casey Wilson a who or a them? One, two, three. Who? <laughs> Sorry. You know, Was that a TH? No, she's a who. She's a who. She's a who. She's a who. I think. Her whole thing. It's like calling Judy Greer a them. Casey Wilson would be offended if you called her a them. Her the whole deal is that she's that a The fact that this woman is able to have an acting career and a very successful podcast makes her a who. Because it's not like... And a memoir called like... Like well, her, not, isn't her memoir literally called a, like... Bloop? But you know it's a memoir, but it's like essays, you know? It's not even necessarily kind of like the traditional memoir story. It's like, it's essay. It's funny essays. I mean that are about her, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. I feel like I feel like so many who's write memoirs with titles that are essentially like slide whistle sounds. Yeah, the wreckage of my presence. It's like, whoop. <laughs> like, oh my god. No, I mean I'll 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 read this, but they're self-deprecating. But I think the the fact that this woman has a podcast that's literally about the Bravo franchise, like it is very much. It's not like Office Ladies, or it's not like kind of like about my own work, or like where I interview other famous people. It's like she has a podcast that is not too far from our podcast, you know. So clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. Right. That's huge. I mean, it's that's very popular, huge. more popular than our podcast, but still in the realm. But also, I think like isn't isn't a I don't know that we've ever said this before. We, maybe we have, but like what, uh, a hallmark of a who is that they're an underdog and that's sort of always been casey wilson's narrative like to to stand casey wilson good and she should remain that, that way exactly right which makes you which is a character trait like you i know, bet like, she would like i'm a casey wilson way. fan you right, know right, right, like, right. that's a niche thing right and I also happy casey endings wilson. one of the best shows of all time too is still one of those shows that people are like why don't more people care about this show and it's like exactly. you know it, it, if it remains that way that is like what makes it special I would argue that mm-hmm. you should not want anyone to care about that show any more than they did because that show will not be special if people start caring about it, even though it's over. <laughs> Last call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm calling because despite the fact that you talked about Columbo all over Tuesday's episode, you never once confirmed whether or not Peter Falk is a who or a them. Um, I think he's a them because I am part of John Cassavetes' fan Twitter, and everybody who loves John Cassavetes' movies loves Peter Falk. Um, There's a weird subsection of, like, teens and 20-somethings who are really into Columbo as a result. (laughs) So, is Peter Falk a whoreism? Crunch, crunch. Orkin, Sorkin, bye. Peter Falk, one, two, three, who? Who? I almost said them, but I guess like no one under the age of like whatever knows who Peter Falk is. I think it's just I think he's aged out of them, dumb, and he died ten years ago. I know he was Columbo, so he's he a Columbo. Yeah, he's also iconically in the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. One of my favorite movies of all time. Sure, I'm not a big John Cass- Cassavetes stan, and I you know mean you're that not he's in John like Cassavetes famous, Twitter, or whatever. What did she say? But she was I'm in? gonna call John Cassavetes also a who. No. What about Nick Cassavetes? Isn't the is his he a, children are themier than he is? Whoa! But I still would call them Mama all. Mama mia, spicy well, take. They're alive. That's they're true. alive. Yeah, but being alive does not make you themier. I think it can. Okay, I, I, that's new to me. News to me. John Cassavetes movie them. I think movie them. Well, the name Cassavetes is a movie them name, right? No matter There's who it is. There's a thousand of them. There's so like, many Cassavetes. There are so many Cassavetes. It's like um. It's like the Coppolas. And then the Coppolas, and then there are secret Coppolas right. who change their name from Coppola. Which is crazy to me because it's like that You're last name Coppola. is very lucrative. So is Cassavetes. Exactly. Exactly. God, I don't even want to get into this because like I don't need I don't need the ire of film Twitter in our hotline. But I'm gonna call both of these people who's Okay. Do you think that that's okay? Sure. I agree with you, ultimately. I would say John Cassavetes, who was his widow, his iconic widow, Jenna Rollins. Jenna Rollins, who were them? How about that? Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Jenna Rollins? Wasn't she in that? No. Is she not? No, not Sisterhood. Oh, my God. Secret Sister of the Yaya. Secrets of the... Wasn't she in that? No, you're confusing her with being the older woman in, like, The Notebook. And she's the old woman in something to talk about. She's the old woman in... Wait, okay, fine. She's the I old do... woman in all sorts of things. Okay, great. Yeah, she's great in all that stuff. Who is the old woman in Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood? Now she's I'm good. confusing her too. She's good. Who is she? 
I mix up Divine Secrets of Yes with Tister of the Traveling Pants. That's what like the first brain Very fart different was. Movies. I know, oh, but that's like God. what the first brain fart was. In case you're wondering, like the line of thinking, there is no thinking. You know what's not a fun, happy dappy movie? Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. It's true. I was like, you this wonder, is what this is. Right. You wonder <laughs> why that movie didn't like stand the test of time because it's like miserable to watch it. You know, even though it was a huge book and a huge movie. I rented it in high school because, like, my mom read the book and liked it, and the and the trailer looked fun, and I liked Sandra Bullock, and I was like, "Oh, Ellen Burstyn." Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, out here. Yeah. I'm out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm out here in Hollywood Video renting Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood and taking it home, and my mom goes, "Ooh, that's a depressing movie," and I was like, "What? <laughs> it is. What are you talking about? It is. Who's the mom? It's some um... Ellen Burstyn. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, sorry. Close. Not too far away. A lot of, I mean, this whole movie is old women because you have Ellen Burstyn, Maggie Smith, um, and Shirley Knight. Great lineup. You'd think if the movie was less depressing, it'd be a huge thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can end here. How about that? What if we ended here um, with the Yeah, Yeah, Sisterhood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember from it, that it was depressing and they go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should I rewatch it? Yeah, now I want to rewatch it. It has okay. a really great song in it. Great. A Bob Schneider song, Hometown Hero. Okay, bye. <laughs> Stop. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Keep calling in at that hotline. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for twice-weekly bonus episodes. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Tuesday read-a-theme song. Rate interviews on Apple Podcasts. I love it. Oh, we got a really good five-star review that was like, Bobby, come on. Love this podcast, but you like this Girl Johansson Tom Waits album covers? Oh, that was a review? Oh, then we love it. Then Bobby was wrong, and this person's correct. Thank you. Oh, and still gave us five stars. So we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Hey. 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 Yeah, yeah. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, I paused the podcast because I just wanted to give you some tips on some things you could do with Parsley. Maybe this will be a color you're being amazing for you. I know I just said that wrong, so no, it's definitely going to be. Anyway, so... Um, Sticky Waterhouse is probably blending a lot of parsley to juice. Sorry, I'm moving and it's really dusty, so I'm just apologizing for the sniffling. Um, she's probably blending it to make juices, um, because parsley is really good for, you know, making green juice and stuff like that. Um, you can also make chimichurri with parsley. So if you want to make a nice steak, you can blend up some parsley with some garlic and some other stuff. And make a chimichurri sauce. Anyways, um, Daijo Yummy Pop, Pork and Sarkins. All right, bye. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I'm calling because I just heard your bit about uh, Adrian Grignet moving to Bastrop. And I just that just reminded me of, this must have been three or four years ago at this point. But... Um, I live in Austin now, and at this point, I was living on the east side of Austin, which is kind of like the hip area, and there's this kind of bougie grocery store, corner store thing called Clicky Picky, and I went there for coffee to read my book, and lo and behold, in front of me was Adrian Grignet with this, like, kind of rich, hippie-looking bohemian girl. And it seemed like they were on a date, and they they were sitting right by me, and um, he was just talking about, like, the most stupid, like, hippie, bohemian chakra thing about, like, healing himself and just some stupid shit, and it was just getting so annoying that I had to get up and leave because their conversation or it wasn't even a conversation it was really him talking and the girl just kind of nodding along and look at him looking at him with awe but i just had to get up and leave because it was so annoying um yeah i thought you guys might appreciate that little story okay um leanne cuisine tim tubo lesbian love you guys bye okay i am literally pausing the pod as one does because there's all this talk of Lottie Moss going back and forth between the UK and now not the US, but is Kate Moss English? Is she from England? I like, I'm having name blindness, but like nationality blindness. Like, 
I don't know why, but I didn't think someone who, I didn't think Kate Moss was English. What? Is there anyone else who's English that I might not know about? I don't know. Crunch, crunch. Do you think that Mackenzie Bezos has seen the movie Prime? Crunch, crunch. Also, happy gay Prime.